Welcome to the Red Dove podcast. We are women storytellers and our stories center on Black women, mental health, and activism. I'm Rainey. And I'm Liz. And today, there's been a lot of fucking fascism going on lately, Rainey. I don't know if you've been, what your week has been like, but I I took a couple notes of just all the fascisty stuff that I've been seeing lately in America. And we were having a discussion off air. It's particularly infuriating how the mainstream media, whether it's Fox News or MSNBC, is covering this. So just like this week, of course, we have Elon Musk finalizing the deal in Twitter, buying Twitter. Why is that a problem? Well, right after that, he fired a lot of his staff, but let's take a deep dive on that for a second because it wasn't just like, oh, you vi- you fired this person, you fired that person. He fired entire departments. For example, there's an entire department devoted to um, their engineers, the, the behind-the-scenes people that make Twitter accessible to people uh who have a hearing loss or anything on that spectrum. For example, the closed captionings, all this ADL stuff. Musk fired the entire department. So it's that kind of fascisty behavior that we're seeing from Musk going on on Twitter right now. Then we have the attack on... I forgot her first name. Senator Pelosi's husband. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. uh, When her husband was attacked in their home. And just right there for a second. Let me say something. The media, it's like they've woken up this week and decided that that this. And and first of all, they don't even call it fascism, right? They, they, They don't go there. And that's been a complaint with the Democrats that they're not going there hard enough. But... The same perpetrators of the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, the same group. Oh, remember we did an episode on the the Oath Protectors or whoever that extremist group is. It's the same group. Oath Keepers, right? Oath Keepers. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to understand like who these groups are and what they've been doing. The same groups or the same people that ascribe to the same philosophies also attacked AOC months ago and the coverage on what happened to AOC versus what happened to Pelosi if you do a split screen it's dramatic so it's again it's like centering whiteness and when it happens there then it gets the media really likes to blow it up and then when it happens to people of color where's the media at that point then let's take a little side detour where Republicans and people that ascribe to a hate-filled philosophy want to throw out a dog whistle saying that Nancy Pelosi's husband is gay. Wait, what? Yes. It was, it starts with conspiracy theories, like people like Stephen Miller, these right wing hate filled groups, write These tagline stories, summaries, whatever. And then it gets filtered through to people like Fox or Republicans. They are suggesting that Nancy Pelosi's husband is gay. Let me tell you right now, whatever the man's sexual orientation is doesn't matter. What ha- he was attacked, he was physically attacked in his home 
by Oath Keepers and other people that subscribe to that hateful philosophy. His sexual orientation has no bearing on the story. What they are doing, in my opinion, it is a dog whistle. It is a dog whistle to their followers as if to suggest because he is gay, he is less than human, and it does not matter what happened to him because they subscribe to a belief that homosexuals are less than human. Yeah. First off, Red Dove listeners, wow. <laughs> Liz, <laughs> Liz came with the fucking fire. <laughs> yeah, this is the, shit. What's going on? I mean, but you're absolutely right. I mean, like, like, God, let's like unpack some of this for a second. Like, shit. I mean, like, <laughs> let's just go back. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, like, that is something that the media has always done, though, is how they cover oppressions and and wrongdoings against people of color versus when it happens to a a white person it is so much more like i can't believe this happened and and there's so much more sympathy but the same coverage is never done the same i mean like you know we've talked so many times you know like taking it on a smaller level, even not a smaller level, but I mean, you just think about the kind of coverage that happens if a white woman goes missing versus a black woman. And, you know, the type of energy that is put into finding her, the resources is never the same. Right. And, and we see that continue to play out. They only want to blast information about us when it serves a purpose for them. And when they can be like, Oh, look at them look at them because you know what they do love talking about right now. If you want to look at, you know, a black person in the media is how much coverage Kanye West is getting, mm. but we didn't have that kind of coverage about, like you said, AOC about when things are harming us, but they want to really blast people of color in times when they want to be like, Oh, look at what they're doing wrong, but not look at the wrong that's been done to them. Exactly. Speaking of black news media, then we get to what happened to Tiffany Cross this week. Tiffany Cross, as many people know, is a, uh, one of the co-hosts of... Well, she's the host of The Cross Connection, right? On former, MSNBC? Former host, because MSNBC, with no explanation, uh, suddenly and abruptly canceled The Cross Connection Days before what their audience believes to be a pivotal election, where their own audience believes this democracy is on the line. And Tiffany Cross was bringing fantastic analytics to what was going on. If you follow Alicia Garza, as I do, and that's how I found out about what happened in Tiffany Cross, in Alicia Garza's opinion... Tiffany Cross was speaking to them. Tiffany Cross was saying the things they were saying. Tiffany Cross was bringing the information to their community that their community wanted to hear. Wait, Not so before that, it to had be clear, the best ratings for a Friday night that MSB, MSNBC ever had. And to be clear, the they you're talking about is is the BIPOC and the Black community that she's know, bringing. I don't know who Alicia Garza was referring to. I believe she was referring specifically to Black people. Mm -hmm. That's what I would 
assume based on what the way she's used the word they in that context in past things that she has spoken on publicly. Right. Because if, if we, if, you know, listeners don't know, Tiffany Cross uh, is a black woman and, you know, had a very successful show, like you were saying on MSNBC on, on a Friday night. They're best, you know? they're highest rated. And in Alicia Garza's opinion, it was the only or one of the very only shows that was made for us. That's a quote. So I would interpret that to, to mean that was made for black people. Right. Unexpected. Where you have no an, explanation fires her. Where you have a black woman bringing information to the black community about like, as we said, pivotal stuff because we are fast approaching a pivotal pivotal midterm election one of the biggest we've had in a while because they're like you said democracy is on the line right now and how we move forward as a country a lot is riding on this and and people don't usually turn up to midterm elections you know so for tiffany cross to be targeted this way when she has a pulse, a read on the pulse of a community that has been time and time again disenfranchised from voting, especially in these types of elections, but we have seen can turn the entire tide of a fucking election, can change the course of history, can save the country as we saw in 2020. That was the black community and black women in particular saved us from being Trump country again. And we have done that. And it, you know, again, the power wielded by black women in politics is under underestimated and and, and say you underappreciated. Know, That's just my absolutely opinion. underappreciated until a couple weeks before when you know they want to start sending stuff and and talking about us you know, and, and they want to give you information and, and, and call you up, but you're like, but where are you during the rest of the year when people of color are being attacked? Where are you when AOC is attacked and you have nothing to say, but then right before, and then you want our help again. You want our help to fucking save you from the crisis that you help build. Yep. And let's give voice and time to another voice in the black feminist community there are several voices within the black feminist community that believe we should know we black people and or everyone should not vote because voting doesn't get they say us and by us they mean black women or people that identify as women and are black it doesn't give them anything you ask us to vote and then the rest of the year you don't give us what we want so just to like to you know save space and grace and let that speak let that breathe that is a that is a a viewpoint of a number of black feminists and i can understand why i mean it is really an abusive system right like you make empty promises and you're like, you know, okay, well, you know, do this for me, do this for me, show up for me again. 
we're going to make things better. And then the minute you get what you want from us, you take from us and you never give back. You never give to us. You never appreciate. You never publicly say, yeah, you saved this. You did this, right? We all know how influential black women are, but do you ever hear the media talk about how influential black women are? Nope. They don't want to give black women their accolades and, and not just black women. I mean, black men too, but in particular, I'm talking about black women and the work that black women do and how black women have, I mean, a black woman turned the tide of the entire state of Georgia. That was a black woman who led that charge and helped get two Democrats elected in, was it two senators, right? They, uh, yes. yes, two senators. I'm sorry. I always get sometimes them confused, but yeah, that was a black, that was a black woman led charge yes. that changed the course of the entire state. But does she get her props? No. And again, and, and I, and I can understand, I mean, I don't know if that's the way I would go about it, but I can't be mad about this. Why do we keep voting? Why do we keep voting for people who do not give a shit about us 364, 363 days out of the year? And they only want our vote to take from us again. Speaking of Georgia, I pulled up Alicia Garza's tweet. She was going to speak with Tiffany on cross connection about the voting and what was going on in Georgia. So that's just like some information we're never going to hear about, or the um, MSNBC audience is never going to be exposed to now. And I just want to read it's really quick. This is Alicia Garza. Four days before an election where everything is at stake and we lose Tiffany Cross. One of the few black women on MSNBC who, of course, was making sense at a time when shit is senseless and scary. Fascism is on the rise and MSNBC just let the people who don't even want us to have elections anymore just take out one of our best. Somebody make it make sense. This is really not the move. Everybody is talking about democracy, but we seem to miss something about what's needed to protect it. Strong voices who tell it like it is and don't leave us behind. This breaks my heart. Cross-connection was actually for us. And a few days later, Tiffany Cross released a public statement. And the Red Dove would like to take a quick second and read it to the Doves. It's not that long, yet powerful. At the same time, this is Tiffany Cross's statement on the abrupt cancellation of Cross Connection. I am disheartened to learn of MSNBC's decision to cancel the Cross Connection at such a crucial time, four days before the midterm elections. From the beginning, we were intentional about centering communities of color, elevating issues and voices often ignored by the mainstream media, and disrupting the echo chambers. As a result, viewers consistently made the cross-connection MSNBC's highest-rated weekend show. Fresh off the heels of a, quote, racial reckoning, end quote, as so many have called it, we see that with progress there is always backlash. Now is not the time to retreat to politi 
to politics or journalism as usual. It is my hope that the last two years at MSNBC have been disruptive and transformative, changing how politics are discussed and making policy more digestible. It was the opportunity of a lifetime to create a show that culture would be proud to keep trending every weekend. While this journey ended abruptly, surprising many of us, my work is not done. Political violence is increasing and is becoming inherently more dangerous to speak the truth. But after more than 20 years in journalism, I will not stop. The attacks on me from other outlets and former hosts will never control my narrative. Thank you to my community and fans for your overwhelming advocacy and support. Thank you to the more than 4.6 million monthly viewers. And thank you to the team who works so hard each week. I will be forever grateful. See you soon. Damn. Yeah. I hope we do. I hope she takes this and runs with it and does something on her own and blows MSNBC out of the fucking water. And when she does, we will let you know, Doves, where you can see and or listen to that. All right. Closing out this show, our second part, which we like to call The Resistance. Each week, we're trying to give you some resistance to, to end it on a high note. Uh, to show some examples of what all of us can do to resist whatever it is we're resisting. This week we're resisting fascism. I came up, I tried to think of things everyone can do. I applaud you, the Doves, that are running for your board of, ele board of education elections and going above and beyond to resist fascism. This next piece of advice I want to give Again, it's for something that we can all do. Voting in your local Board of Education elections for candidates with the pro-diversity and education inclusivity record is crucial. So what I'm saying is like basically no racists. And it can be hard sometimes to determine what candidates support an anti-racist platform it's not obvious if you're just looking at somebody's sign or looking at the way they appear their face so sometimes you have to do a bit of a digging you might have to look up their profiles or get involved in your local towns community groups so you can find the information but it is critical that you do and that you get out there and you vote whether you have a child or not our board of education across the country are under attack right now. We have covered this countless episodes in the back in the past, but it is very critical to continue to fight fascism is that each and every one of you doves go out there and vote for your board of education candidates that are pro anti-racism, pro LGBTQ plus, and most of all pro equity and inclusivity in the school district. That's all I got. How about you, Rainey? And absolutely. I mean, as an educator, I can tell you for sure, we are under attack right now. 
we are majorly under attack. They are mobilizing. And one thing that the other side is good at is fear-mongering and mobilizing. You know, even here in California, you are watching huge churches getting packs together and sending people out in local elections and surrounding school districts, trying to get their people in, putting thousands of dollars of money, having them come and interview at their churches. I mean, which I'm like, I don't understand how this is legal. Like, (laughs) this is majorly... Right. Like churches should not be telling you who to vote for at the pulpit. It's <laughs> fucking illegal. You can't do that. But I digress because you know conservative white men do whatever the fuck they want. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like they're just like, oh, laws, fuck that. That was made for other people. I'm not interested. Um, but like, yeah. They, we are under attack big time. They are trying to infiltrate. And you know, the thing is, is they don't care what the laws are. So if you think you're in a state, we're like, oh yeah, well our state, that's not going to be a problem. Like California right now, you think California is super liberal and things like this could never fall. Empires fall all the time. We've seen it happen throughout history. And it starts at small levels because you know what? They are sneaky. They Mm -hmm. sneak things in and they light shit up from the inside out. Fascism occurs very quickly. Hitler was democratically elected. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Absolutely. No, and that's true. Well, because that's the thing about it is it happens and it happens so fast and it hits so hard they 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 get everything in place in places like school boards and city council it starts at the school boards right and again i live in california where people are like oh california is the bastion of liberalism and progressivism we are under hardcore attack right now because we have pockets of red and they are loud and scary And they don't care about breaking the laws. They don't care about doing stuff that doesn't matter. And by the time you get to the point where you can weed them out, they've already taken hold. And think about it. What, what, what is our most precious commodity? What's our most precious commodity? Voting. Voting and our children. Mm. And Hitler knew that too. Mm. And Hitler went after the youth. He infiltrated the youth and got them into schools and started with schools and weeding children out through schools. The school is the school is the gateway to everything else. If we do not take a stand now, if we say, if we do not tell them you are not coming for our BIPOC children and our LGBTQ plus children, we are not going to let you censor books. We are not going to let you tell teachers they cannot teach for the good of the entire class. If we don't make the stand here, if we allow them into our schools, it's a fucking wrap. That's how you topple government is through education and our children. And they know that because that is the exact same thing Hitler did. While he was doing things with the bigger stuff, he weeded in and got children and warped the minds of children and got children involved in schools and how we educate. Education, as we have always said, is the 
biggest chain breaker of, of oppression, but it can also hold you back to if you allow the wrong people in and they are knocking at the door, they are trying to bust in. And if you think I'm being dramatic, I absolutely am not. That's what they are trying. They are trying to tell me as a credentialed teacher that I can't talk to or make safe spaces for LGBTQ plus kids that we can't use pronouns and ask kids what their pronouns are, that we shouldn't talk about, we shouldn't talk about the other side of history and talk about, yes, George Washington was a president, but you know what? He also had a lot of slaves and these were the things that he also did. They don't want that to happen. They want to make sure that we continue to erase voices of diversity all of this progress that we have been making these last two years during this racial reckoning, this is the backlash that's coming and it is coming hard. And if you are sleeping on this, if you think it doesn't matter, you are wrong. You are very wrong. You have got to get out there. You've got to show force. It, we, we slept on our laurels when Obama was elected. We're like, we did it. And then look at what fucking happened. And it's happening again. They don't rest so we don't rest. They don't sleep. We don't sleep. Don't, don't let this happen. Go vote. Look it up. I'm telling you, even if you have feelings on the bigger level with senators and Congress people, however you feel about that, you know, like I know Liz, you're talking about, you know, a lot of black feminists talking about not voting that I personally think that's the wrong move, not voting in the big elections, but not voting in the small local elections is detrimental. Those ones, your vote really does matter. Yep. Because it can be the difference of 15 or 20 votes to get a fascist in the school board who will start censoring teachers, who will start making laws where no teachers can't say this in this district. No, we've gotten rid of these books. No, these books are banned. No, we will not offer contracts to teachers who do these things and they will try to make it sound like they are protecting children. But what they are doing is they are protecting white cisgender straight children. Christian. They are not here. Yeah. They, they, they are not here to protect indigenous children. They are not here to protect LGBTQ plus children. They are not here to protect mentally or, or physically or neurodivergent children. Mm -hmm. They're not here for that. And if you think that they are, you are sadly mistaken and you will cause so much damage to these children. If you wait and see, fuck around and find out. We don't have the, we don't have the time for that. Don't let that happen to the kids. Get out and vote. Until next time. Bye.